Hello guys and welcome to the third episode of True Reality the podcast where it's fun where your story meets ours. I'm your host Ashrit the founder and CEO of Backstory Alley and Backstory Productions. And I'm your co-host Sai, the production head of Backstory Alley and Backstory Alley Productions. Thank you so much for listening to the part 1 of this episode. If you haven't listened to the part 1 of this episode, please do check it out and then listen to this. Uh in this episode we're going to talk about a lot of uh, controversial topics as well. So fasten your seat belts and let's jump into this episode right away. Having said that, uh, let's talk about the uh, the book "To Kill a Mockingbird." How many of you have read that? Read it? Not me. Not me. Sai. Yeah, I've read it. I think it's an important book. It's a nice Everyone book. Everyone has to read. Okay, I feel like I will sit and listen. Yes, yeah. we're gonna listen. Okay, if you if you want motivation to read the book, uh, know that it's problematic in uh, American schools to read it. Hmm. Does it talk about like, like there are there are schools that. No, it talks about it talks about it. It, it, it talks about of... rape culture and uh, racial discrimination that happened back in those times. Uh, yeah. So it's it's a bit. Uh, I don't want to call it graphic. It's a bit. Uh, it's uh, yeah. It's a it's bit too graphic. real for us to look at it from a periphery. So that's something that really pulls us out from our comfort zone as avid readers. So that's something yeah. that. So you. So you you can't dissociate from the book, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah like for me, I, nice I, I, the book, like yeah, the story stayed with me for a, at least a month because I I did not move uh, from my bed for a month because of the story. It's it's really really something that uh, has an impact on you as a reader. So that's why I chose the book to talk about. Okay, so basically, uh, the book starts with uh, the six-year-old kid. His name is Jean, and uh, it follows him, his brother, and another kid. so uh, that another kid these three are the like the main kid characters and uh, jean's father is atticus who's a lawyer so this guy is um, given the job of defending a black man who has been accused of uh, raping a young white woman so it the fo- story follows these three kids who are interacting or finding ways to interact with their neighbor who's who's a recluse and is like the town taboo and um atticus uh, defending um, the the accused black man that's like the overall gist what happens after that is now, now how they the get whole... to this point and what happens after that is like so awesome you guys should go ahead and read it yeah all right it's an excellent book harpley is a terrific writer and it's worth every 10 minutes i heard a lot about this book so i'm going to go ahead and read it Yeah, you should. It's, yeah, it's, it's something that needs to be spoken of, uh, in especially in a country like India. I think it is important for us or uh, the youths <laughs> to talk about it. Yeah. So when when you read this book, it really does help you, like you know, put into perspective where the guy is, what what they are going through, and then you look at it when it really does happen into the society. You won't be reacting very lightly to it. It won't go out like just as a news. You want a small yeah. element of it when it happens in the society. You know what they have been through, and you real relate to them. Right. Okay. Cool. Okay. Uh, let's get into the other uh, part of the conversation. Has there been a book where uh, it has left you guys like for me it was the uh, killing a mockingbird like for has has there been a book that has lived like left a you like huge impact on you that you couldn't get over it at least for a couple of days let's start with uh, the book bender okay for me it was love simon so for mm. those of you who don't know yes love simon yes, yeah yes, so yes. like if there are any listeners who don't know what the story is 
Love Simon is a coming of age novel written by Becky Albert Ali, which deals with this high schooler. His name is Simon. Um, it deals with his coming out journey, not not a journey of acceptance or like understanding that he's not you know weird. That's not the main theme of the book, which is what a lot of LGBT plus stories deal with. They deal with your and um, you. It, it usually climaxes in you realizing, or the the writer, the character that we're following, mm. realizing that. He's normal. He's fine. Or like, they're normal. They're fine. In case of Simon's story, I loved it because of two reasons. First, the entire story is him talking to another, another boy in his school who is also in the closet. And it's written through mail. So a lot of, a lot of that story deals with the mails that they send to one another, the emails that they send to one another, which is very beautiful because it's like, you don't know. It's kind of like what we're doing now. Like, I have no idea what you guys look like. But we do, we have made a very meaningful collection over the past one and a half hours. So it, that's the thing. Like it's not, it doesn't depend on how that person looks or what he feels or any of that kind of stuff. It's just Simon making an honest connection with someone else who goes to the same place he goes to and they're talking about their experiences and how they're similar. That is one thing. And the second thing about that book is it talks a lot about, there's a beautiful scene in the movie about once Simon comes out because it eventually happens. Um, how he with the mom, stayed. right? Yes, with his mother and yes. with his father, both of those things. It's with his father, yes. They are beautiful. And that movie is something you should definitely watch because I know for a fact that unlike most queer-centric movies, right, unlike a lot of movies that portray an LGBT plus character as a lead, first of all, which is not something we see often, in the case of Love, Simon, when they were making, when the producers were making that movie, when the screenwriters wrote the script and all of that stuff, so many queer creators were consulted across Europe and across America. They were consulted, they sat down and they talked about the scenes and were like, yes, this is how that actually happens. That's how that doesn't happen. Very dramatic in this. So it's a very honest representation, I can say, because of like the fact that they were consulted. So when whenever you watch a movie like this, that is you're getting the truth. And when you're reading a book like this, the narration style is something it's like if you would write a diary. So it's it hits you very well. It's really personal and really and like especially if you are a queer person, it really hits you somewhere painful and warm at the same time. And it's just so honest. like you can really relate to it. All right, uh, Matang, you could uh, tell me a book that left you with less words. This is probably me parroting myself over and over again, but Kite Runner. Kite Runner, just like. Every time I closed my eyes for the next like week, like my like my brain would just like immediately die and just co- like continuously think about the plot and the characters and. Just... I think Khalid Hosseini just oh, emits magic. It it says something with that guy. And I'll be honest, another book that that did that for me was Fault in Our Stars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thirteen year old me was devastated. I have a story about Fault in Our Stars. So when I was in eighth grade, I would I was in base, right? That whole thing happened. Let's not talk about it. But I was there. Oh, base. Yeah. That's trauma center. Yeah. No, no, no. We're not. No, that's not the focus here. So I was in base and I was reading Fault in Our Stars before my class started. And this random girl who I'd never met before came up to me, tapped my shoulder. I turned around. Also, spoiler alert coming. I turned around, I looked, and then she just looked into my eyes and she was like, Augustus guys. And then she walked off. And I was like, what, what did I ever do to you? 
Did you kill her? No, I never, never saw her, her again. again. I just left and I never this saw her again. This is God. This is like God yeah. raising yeah. from his grave to come I through with your life. Book. Yeah. I was like, why? Oh my God. <laughs> why would I'm you so do this? I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a very sad moment yeah, in my life. Sai, uh, has there been a book that has left you with less words? Uh, I think I already told about that book. Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Okay, okay. I'm glad it doesn't just happen with me. I'm glad it happens with all of you. No, that's the magic yeah. of words, dude. Like it, like especially because when it's words, it really tickles your imagination. Yeah, you imagine. Like that it, yeah. stays with you because you created the the world in your head is your own. So it it just stays with you forever. Do you guys read okay, comics? Uh, I do. I do. I love comics. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Uh, any manga readers? If anyone's looking for a new gra- graphic novel to read, you should read The Old Guard. Yeah, I actually after I saw the no, movie, no, the, like, the graphic novel. Uh, you saw the movie? You saw no, the movie? I saw the movie. <laughs> the Old Guard, right? Yeah. I love the that movie. It was nice. It was a good yeah. movie. Now I want to read the comics. No, the comics is really good. Uh, the art is stunning. The dialogues are great, and Greg Rucka is an excellent writer. Oh, uh, even I'll go ahead and read it. I don't read many comics though. The only comics I've read are Tintin, uh, Boom, Tinkle, the OG Archie uh, comics, Asics Novelics. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, like, like, really like Aishwarya mentioned, she read Archie comics when she was two years old. Like, she, yes. knew Jug- she knew Jughead when she was two. So that's <laughs> nice. I didn't know who Jughead was until Riverdale. Oh, no, let's not no. talk about Riverdale. No, 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 let's, let's not, not talk about, about Riverdale. Yeah, let's not talk about Riverdale. Yeah, okay, let's yeah, not. Yeah, how traumatizing yeah, was that for you? I, oh my god. Especially okay, the whole... Uh, it was nice and then it got uh, weird. All, all listeners, I mean, no offense. Just, you're just, you're just giving our opinions. Riverdale talks, yeah. but... No, take <laughs> offense. Okay, I don't mind. Okay, first of all, you cannot... Okay, leave it at season one, please. You're just increasing. You're like, this is a crime city and nobody evacuates. Yeah, it was, by the time season 3 came around, I was like, why are people still living here? Please leave. Like, listen, you have life, value it. Season 1 was not bad. Season 1 was okay, this is the original storyline, cool, we can watch it. Let's let's refrain from talking about Riverdale, because uh, I might start start ranting about it. Go ahead. We did it about, we did it for Harry Potter, let's do it for Riverdale. No, no, we we are. Let's talk about something more important. Let's talk about something more important. The religious books. Uh, what about them? <laughs> do you also want to talk about religious controversy books like Dan Brown? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Want to talk about, okay, uh, how many of you have watched or read the book Da Vinci Code? I have. I haven't. I've done both. Me. I've yeah. read all of Dan Brown's books. Do you want to talk about Da Vinci Code? I have. <laughs> I heard Da Vinci Code Angels and Demons. Really hey, don't, like don't spoil Vinci it. Okay, how does reading drive people from believing the unreal? Do you think these religious books are also a derivative of fiction that we are constant to believe because of fear of dharma? And what is dharma according to you, the avid readers? Okay, so I'm just going to give my piece and I just keep <laughs> quiet. Okay, so first of all, for the passage of religion and for the spread of a particular religion, the books have nothing to do with it. Because the yes, religions that the books, the religions that the books propagate existed long before writing was a thing. So I, I don't think giving the books credit is valid. Um, second of all, there are a lot of things that we cannot see that might or might not be real. And it's not our position to question people on what they believe in. So like, I don't want to talk about that. And... Inherently, the presence of books itself, like, fiction is not a bad thing. No. All of us love fiction. We, we grew up on fiction and we need fiction in our life because, like, who said that reality is a situation that requires some medicine? Who, who said that? I don't know. 
Well, that's actually a good Did you say it because you're coming up with quotes every day? Yeah, like, like, let's just say maybe it. This is not mine. I just found this somewhere. I think it was like, I don't know. I'm getting jokers, but I don't think it was. Yeah, anyway. So it's like that. So fiction is a necessity in life. And yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Books doesn't, you know, actually help spread. It's the people who spread the religion. But when you look at the history of books, when the first printing was invented and the first printed book was the Bible, and that has enabled the people not just spread the word, but see the book as a book that's been given by the God. And that has really helped accelerate the spread of Christianity throughout mid of Europe during during this time. See, that's not really true though. Because I mean, the, most Christians haven't read the Bible. If yeah, exactly. Even then, a lot of things of but they're, when, they're when Bible taught, was like, but, published... And also Christianity spreading was just like no. war and genocide. Not <laughs> no, but when Bible yeah. was published, when Bible was published, it was just with the church and everything. People didn't even get to read it. So they didn't exactly. know what the true word of God was. Yeah, that, that's that's one of the... For all the... One of the things... For all you yeah. know, church could be just spreading what they want to spread. Which really happened. And they were doing that. Yeah, and they were doing, yeah, that is they true. were doing it. The, that is what happened. When a lot of people were not given the Bible in hand and they kept like as an authority, it should be there. And yeah. they read it and they gave their own truth. This is not just the Bible. Take any religious book. Some big man reads it, translates in his own opinions, gives it to the people. So each sect and each different groups of each and every religion has a different take on of their own script. So, yeah, correct. Yeah, and that's not... Because of a book and it's not the book's Oh, no, fault. I'm not, not throwing, not, not I'm not saying the book is at fault. What I'm saying is, book has been a really good tool for them to carry this information throughout. Because, yeah, in, even before books are invented, what people do is like when you say all the uh, priests doing all the mantras, they are never written down. It, it doesn't pass yeah. like vocal to vocal. Yeah. They could be saying whatever for all you know. So, it's, 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 yeah. it doesn't have any meaning. It has a hymn and that is what gives them, you know, it's a separate other different uh, topic over that. So that is the, what they have been doing. And it, that's how all the religious words have been passed down. And are also written and kept as a main copy. But when the printing came up, they were able to spread the same information through a lot of people and hold on to that and have that. Okay, I don't agree that... Um, okay, but that's a whole other conversation. Like, uh, the like people who are do pujas are just saying no, 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 something no. that might not be... What I'm saying no, is, but it's also that... Uh, yeah. the, what they're saying has a meaning to them and I understand that there is like some truth to even people are going there when doing some sort of uh, a mantra when reciting it continuously your brain waves come down to a you know even frequency I just read a documentary on it and how they did it so it is doing something which hasn't been explored by science so since I don't have a fact about that I can't say that that it is working at the same time I'm not going to say it's not working what I'm saying is those has been passed down, not through writings, but through just vocational uh, transfer to the other people. Okay, uh, anyway, my answer to the question is, uh, I, don't, I don't think faith is something that is dictated by the written word, but it's passed on, like, as they said, from person to person. But books, again, as they said, are just tools to help communicate. To help along the true. process. Yeah, that is true, yeah. And uh, I don't think people believe um, mythology because they're scared of dharma. I think the fear of dharma is just like a Hindu thing. It's, it's just like it's to, inherent in our religion. It's a way to like justify kind um, of I Are you sure you guys and aren't also talking dharma, about karma and not dharma? No, no, dharma. dharma. That, no, again, that's the same thing. Uh, okay, fine. Uh, dharma, dharma is to me is oh, righteousness. Yeah, 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 it's just doing. Yeah, it, it, dharma is doing doing what you were born to and do, and right by everyone kind of thing. whatever that is. 
yeah it's like uh, I, i don't know i don't understand that but what you're saying yeah. is i don't understand it's very hard to explain i completely agree with what you said you know it it's not like you're scared of dharma it's also how you been just the way you've been communicating people religions been communicated with you like growing up it's like it's been drilled into your head you'd probably have a different thought and also like if anything reading the books makes you um fear it less mm-hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, correct. Yeah, because like, because you might actually know what it says. You know what it says. Yeah, exactly. You know yeah, what it is. Yeah, because my whole, um, as, again, like, I would, like, uh, but, like, my whole, like, when I view the Mahabharata, I view them as characters and not as gods. Yeah. Wait, aren't they characters? Yeah. Is that, is Wait, that similar to everyone else? Which is very different from the way my mom, um, uh, looks at no, Mahabharata. Just, like, she yeah. looks at Mahabharata and she sees Krishna as her god. but i see krishna as, as a character. person yeah as just a person yeah like so like i can i can look at krishna as a three dimensional character with flaws and good points and everything like that and still dissociate the god that i pray to on a regular basis and the character in the story in the grand okay. scheme of things okay. but my mom can't do that like my to, to my mom it's the same i i don't know if this answers the question at all but this yeah, is something that's really good to. see i totally understand i totally understand it's understandable it's yeah. something that you can you can you can say it is something that you can turn to right faith gives you confidence when there's nothing else that's why it's existed for so long and it is for some people and it is not for other people and i don't think yeah. it's, it's just a it's a coping mechanism like anything else that's how that's how i understand it i'm sorry if i offended anyone oh, but it, it's just how you deal with with things that come to you uh, no. and also here yeah. talking about what what you what she just said about how um you know you're able to dissociate you since you treat say krishna as a character you're able to look at him as a human with flaws and stuff and and all that all that kind of stuff but there are people if you if you look at someone as a god then everything he does is right that's the point that's also yeah. turning straight back to what we started with with dan brown and what christianity did and what it became is is just that right it was effectively the dehumanization of christ right yeah wow. if you make if you make someone went to a very deep place if you make someone a god then it means you can't question no, them anymore however uh, I, like i have studied in three schools okay and all the three schools they were inclined towards spirituality i've also been to a catholic school like i the uh, my senior year i did in my catholic school and uh, there's one thing that Uh, was it inscribed in there all of their diaries and stuff was fear of god is the beginning of wisdom how many of you agree with this i disagree wow. how many i disagree i disagree, uh, I disagree. this is what was inscribed in all our diaries and it was also written on, on the walls and stuff so wow. i also to to add this i disagree i want to add yeah yeah i don't understand you and i disagree i want to add another point to this this has happened in every religious book what they do is in order to keep people in check to make them believe in it people do this yeah, it is control yeah. so they do do it see it's not like you are born into the right religion your people are born in different area region if i was born in usa into a white family i would be a christian if i was born to someone who is in the middle east basically i'll be a muslim so it's you're not like you're not born into born into the right religion it is just what the their own way of getting to god is what they culturally and as a society evolved involved as a religion so basically when you see at it it's all in the same but we have different versions of doing it and we come up with different books and the way we approach it is also different what happened like uh, it's just basically like a justification of our to, opinion yes yes it's, so what religion yeah. really helped at that time was become a group people were you know broken up we were living as nomads in each and every corner to bring everyone together to have a common faith was even a really good tool when you when every one of you believe in the same thing yeah. it's easier to 
add on to point like you, you should believe this too we should believe for a betterment of society add more people in put more protection you know it's it's still straight in a morally good way in that uh-huh. way religion really helped at that point and still is helping to a lot of people i'm not going to yeah. go ahead and comment it doesn't uh, over the course like when you take like uh, the let's take the middle east during the middle east uh, there was a islam was a religion of the whole middle east area and at that time they were able to come up with a lot of uh, architectural even the arabic numerals are from that uh, region so uh, that culture and that uh, demographic of people have given a lot to the realm of science but at the same time uh, by the beginning of 12th and 13th century it started to decline a lot the crusades the invasion of uh, the christian and uh, armies Uh, no, 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 I'm talking about well after uh, the crusades period. So what happened at that, that point is there was a, a steep decline in a lot of scientific in, uh, inventions and all this more effort into the research and development in the field of science stopped during this period. And even till now when you see the number of Nobel Prize winners from that region or to the other region and how well they are able to perform, it's like really, really low. The book goes through a revival. a different saint uh, rewrites in a different way to fit to that those time like from old testament mm. to new testament uh, even the same happened in quran and in that when a scholar wrote about it he wrote science in a way that it is uh, not the way to reach god just like when you said like a uh, fear of god is a beginning of wisdom so this a small change in that script made the difference from made the whole society go take a different turn in their pursuits right. which is uh, yeah. really uh, very well documented uh, thing that happened yeah like religious books are a two double edged sword one hand they might open your eyes and let you see the world through it's like it's like a new perspective and other times it's like forcing um, like like joining the masses in believing something whether that gives comfort or not i don't know it's not something i can answer to because it's not something that gives me comfort but but also reading about it gives you a lot of clarity like we were speaking before yeah. before right that i mean we were more aware about the religion and what it preaches like instead of just hearing maybe like safe sites that like this is this is that you you read it and you're like okay this is what it says just don't take it like literally and do everything literally okay uh, i'm sure i'm sure like uh, except for sai uh, i'm sure all three of you have written a lot of things that is personal to you and maybe uh, if, if you if you are like uh, like if you're like a storyteller i'm sure you've written a novel or stuff uh having said that uh, hmm. let let me ask you questions related to your writings uh let's let me start with what is your writing kept on it it's like when i am the busiest like suppose to guys right now suddenly i'll come up with an idea suddenly i'll be like oh shit this needs to be spoken about right and i need to like write it down immediately it's either like a lot going on or middle of the night like yeah, my brain doesn't know anything or or it has to be like a whole bunch of people i don't have a phone near me i don't have a laptop near me i don't have a pen i don't have a book pain wave of ideas all right yeah for me it's uh, starting it doesn't matter how passionate I am about a particular topic and yeah. I want this to happen in my story but I'll spend an hour just trying to find the right starting. I have a question about your like writing methodology. Do you write mm-hmm. if you're writing a short story? Mm-hmm. Do you write in order or do you write in parts and then put it together? Uh, I usually I usually when I start writing I don't know what I'm going to end it with. I start writing with an idea I continue with the flow I go on to write it for about 
45 minutes and at the like at the 45 45 5th 45th minute i have an ending but i'll continue writing yet uh, until i change the ending by the 50th or 58th minute then that ending is like i always act for my starting and that's how my uh, writing works like and most of it is been appreciated and i like what i write so that's something that works with me so yeah while writing and if i get ideas i keep those aside like it's like if they're not in sequence so i will use them but i just don't use them at that moment so it's kept aside and then eventually use somewhere yeah same like i have a whole bunch of post it notes all over my room yeah <laughs> my and like voice notes in my phone or something wow I I know I I think that uh, like and I think right is just like if if I have a wave I storyline in my head it will just be all it will be like all the instances all, all the like turning points in the story written as little blobs and then try to make sense of it and then try to write it down but but but, but don't you think that confines your writing like you won't be able to explore something that happens in the moment like I'm sure like when you guys are writing Uh, you'll have points uh, like you'll have different ideas while you're writing right so how how like don't you guys think yeah, yeah, yeah. don't you guys think if you have a picked out uh, ending won't it confine your flow of writing i feel that what helps me when you're writing about something you have something in mind you you're you're sure you want to write about this but for me if i explore everywhere my brain goes it won't stick to topic it'll just be some weird something it'll be this podcast Yeah exactly it will be all over the place yeah. everywhere and then editing it will be a hell of an effort for me I have to be like why i was writing about books why did i start talking about jesus what is happening so <laughs> <laughs> yeah talk start talking about books went off to like organized religion being a bane on society like wow yeah this is this is all over the place yeah so that's what happens in all our podcasts we talk about like we were talking about mental health we're talking about uh psychology the myths of psychology and stuff but by the end of it we were talking about psychedelics narcotics and stuff that's that's oh how. my god in uh, meanwhile we'll have our viral moment of like dumbledore and draco malfoy <laughs> uh, dumbledore's an asshole the next question uh, for next question yeah. as for you uh, writers is what is what was the best money you ever spent as a writer it was mm-hmm. um after 12th grade after going through the whole entrance exam ka hangama uh, when i finally had time went to church street spent an ungodly amount of money buying all of the books that i used to read as a child that i wanted to reread like i have hardbound books of the entire inheritance cycle uh-huh. i bought um all of the alex rider series i bought what else did i buy i bought the harry potter series i didn't own it until then so i did all of that and then my friends also gifted me a few things for my birthday i got a set of journals with a note that said um don't write in this this is purely symbolic the paper is way too costly for you to waste yeah which i get <laughs> so it's just sitting there i also got a quill a purple colored feather yeah, quill okay with that fancy quill holder for me to write which is just it's a lot of symbolic writing related things yeah uh, just just yeah. just the detour uh, just the detour again uh, jk rowling again if you're listening he spent his money on you he, sp- he bought your whole series so yeah. okay, and i don't regret it books were my childhood i don't like It is better what I mean I'm going to say this is the answer second hand books are the best money I spent Yeah okay uh, uh, people who li- uh, people who live in Bangalore do check out Blossoms uh, bookworm yes. all of that oh, all of these yeah. 
have you ever thought of it okay so this is this is yeah i have written a 10 chapter small story it's on whatpad it's like an anthology of articles so like if that counts as my first book the title of that was what i noticed today wow nice where where i talk about yeah, like nice. simple stuff that i've seen and then analyze Damn the hell out of it okay but okay it was yeah, yeah do that entire book is very very tumblr like if i mean at the risk of sounding pretentious go, go give it a read maybe you'll like it I probably will. I think yeah. we, this is the time. I think this is the time where we promote Ashish's book. Yeah, go on. Hey, Ashish's book is coming out. Just go on, man. Yeah, Ashish, come on. Let let you guys finish it. Yeah, that. So that that was a very simple thing. But the first fiction story I wrote, it's a short story, and the title was Ernest Fortshire. Wow. It's about a city mm. called Ernest Fortshire, which is like the level of my brains now. <laughs> <laughs> this is why this is why it was so hard for me to think of a title for my memoir look at the titles i gave for the books i've already written you probably could like put your name on it yeah and like, I, would, i would probably just put my name on it yeah i just i would like dictate my name to the guy who was writing it he would probably spell it wrong uh it be just like all my name right comedian एडवर्ड I would not name it Bella for sure. No, obviously not. Dude, I would name it Forks because like the, that was the thing that hit me when I read that book. I was like, there's a city named Forks. Ah. Forks. No, but I, I, know, I would probably. I don't know. I think it would be one of the characters' name or something. I don't know. I haven't written a book. Am I, am I the only one who wanted like a three book yeah, series I, I know, about I, the I've romance between Bella? I've written a three book series already. I've written a. No, no. I mean, like a three-book series on the uh, bromance between Bella's oh, dad yeah, and okay. Jacob's dad. Oh, that's like <laughs> That'd be yeah. Weird. That would be interesting. But also, wouldn't they be have? Wouldn't they later have a problem because they fought for Sue? Sue. What? Clearwater. The Clearwater lady. Huh. Uh, Billy liked her and Charlie liked her. Oh my God! I'm uh, talking about Twilight, bro. Yeah, I'm talking about Twilight too. I clearly don't remember the story at all. Yeah, they yeah they, obviously. Who's Billy? Billy is Jacob's dad, Charlie's uh, oh. Bella's dad, and like ah uh, yeah yeah they both like the clear. So you know how Harry Clearwater dies, Leah Leah and uh, Seth's father dies. Ah, uh, I don't remember anything. The very first like Clearwater, we're talking about Penelope Clearwater in uh, in Harry Potter, in Harry Potter and Potter, yeah. Billy Charlie are Weasleys, and I was like, what are they? What are you talking about? Hey, am I the only one who was super invested in Twilight once upon a time? Yes. I like how yeah, I, I like how I asked you guys for your the name of your novels and you went to like Twilight again. <laughs> hey, it's geeks. It's we're all nerds. We're gonna talk yeah, about yeah. We're clueless. Really we're cool. deflecting. This is a deflection. It's gonna tactic. be all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> This is basically the answer is we don't know. We don't know. Yes. Yeah, we have no Best idea. Side answers we don't. Oh, oh maybe I'll call it Homeless Orchid. Oh my god. <laughs> maybe I'll, I'll call the book by my blog name Homeless Orchid. Wait, what is it? Hmm. Moments of orchids. That's so pretty, actually. Yeah. My fifteen-year-old. Hey, what is this? 
Oh, it's by like the way, summertime and um, springtime vibes. It's all, nice. all the like, all the listeners who are this who are, who are tuned into the podcast, uh, please do check out uh, Anjali's blog, uh, Pranav's uh, writings on his Wattpad, and Matangi's artwork. Then and my Instagram. Need, yeah, and his Instagram. And uh, uh, yeah, you guys have like all profound names: bookbenders, yeah, like, writing the market, and I'm just like monster. Monster. wow. <laughs> Hey, yeah, it, it, I like it. Ma- Matangi, my name is also like yours. Do you know where Bookbender comes from? Is it from uh, the... Um, Star. What, what is it called? No, Inkheart is what I was thinking of. No, Avatar, the last airbender. Airbender, Bookbender. Oh, okay. Thank God. Because uh, have you have you read Inkheart? If you've not read Inkheart, read It was Inkheart. such a disappointing series for me. The series is... It gets progressively worse. It gets so much Not worse. Inkheart is okay. I got through Inkheart with no problem. When the I was fourth reading, book is really good. There is a fourth book. I thought there were three books. Yes, Inkheart, Ink something and Ink Death. Ink Spell and Ink Death. Ink Spell and Ink Death. Okay. This sounds so much like Divergent. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, it was Divergent yeah, before Divergent. Yeah, but Divergent, divergent is thing. way worse. No, dude. Divergent is way worse. Dude, in Inkheart... Like at the, least Ink... In Inkheart, the plot gets over by half the book and then they go and repeat it all over again. Now that sounds like Riverdale. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, that's made. That's probably why where Pranav and I are desensitized to Riverdale and Divergent is because we've been prepared for it by Inkart. Subliminal conditioning. Basically, our subconscious was prepared. Yeah. It's like it knew life will be disappointing. <laughs> I like how yourself. you just tossed around a psychology word which I was not aware. Of. Yeah, we're psych- okay. And we are psych- psych- psychology okay. students. Right? We are psychology students. How okay, so now I'm scared whether that was an actual word or not. I'm googling it. <laughs> <laughs> However, okay. Because I was reading a psychiatry textbook and I think it was there in it. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Ashish, we need to buck up. Come on. <laughs> speak, speak for yourself, sister. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm still fine with you. I'm graduating and I need to know these things. And your graduation is over now. A video call, so that's okay. <laughs> Please don't do this. Okay, you I'm know so what? Sorry. Colleges are opening. Okay, this this is gonna be a very stupid question to end on, but I want to end like this. Uh, what's your favorite drink, snack, or beverage beside you while you're eating? Hmm. Hot chocolate. Hmm. Yeah, let's go FTW. Yeah, hot chocolate for sure. Uh, th- th- hot chocolate <laughs> with like a I think it depends. Something's yeah, chocolatey. I want a dessert next. Or pistachios. I really like pistachios. No. Sometimes like it depends like. I don't usually can have beverages yeah, and snacks yeah, and really into a book. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm also terrified because to I just I'm too distracted. Yeah, I'll spill it. I'll, I'll spill it. Yeah, Matangi, Matangi, we got to, that you're distracted. We we had a two and a half hour conversation with you. We know you're distracted. <laughs> That's all of us. We're all sharing in the same book. That's uh, uh, all. Aswana, please put this in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> No, but like, I mean, like, if I have to have a drink, it will probably be coffee, tea, or hot chocolate. Again, I can't choose this. Nice. Oh my god. I need something hey, sweet. Like, I need to go to a therapist. Should just bring it I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> hey, you said it. Uh, <laughs> I think your autobiography title should just be. I'm Libra. No, I think her real autobiography title should be Libra. I'm a Libra. You know, I think choice yeah, is much better. Yeah, that's like, yeah. Like, she couldn't choose, so she's like, choice. I wouldn't be able to choose yeah, a title. I'd have like three titles in front of me. <laughs> it's like, I blame yeah, it on the stars. I blame it on the stars. I blame it on the stars. Oh, alright. That's actually a very whimsical title. 
if any of you listening would love to add more points to this still get to us we'll be happy to have a conversation yes uh, having said that i know this is a very difficult time and a lot of people have been reading a lot of books and i'm sure a lot of opinions have been altered a lot of opinions have been instilled so if you guys have a lot anything to share you could always uh, come to our profile and leave leave your comments down below of, about this podcast about the books that you've read and about the books that you want us to read and talk about uh so thank you so much guys for this, listening to this podcast uh we also wanted to thank all the doctors who have been working really really hard uh, during this pandemic and uh, yep i know we have a yep. uh, upcoming doctor in this podcast so we just really really want to thank each and every one of you who are studying medicine who are doing this amazing job during this pandemic so we, from the team of backstory alley we really really thank each and every doctors yep. and thanks to all the and, healthcare workers doctors yeah. the police and all the security personnel i really want to thank all the delivery in charges and people of exactly. all the food delivery apps and all this they have been doing a tremendous job in helping people get food i was staying in chennai for a while and during those uh, tens times where i was really afraid and i was quarantined for a week uh, i really want to thank the delivery executives who have been working even at this time to provide food for the whole city so thank you all thank you swiggy thank you zomato if you guys are uh, willing to give sponsorship we are always open thank you so much <laughs> yeah just get me a margarita pizza man that's all i need <laughs> uh, thank you so much guys for listening to this podcast hope you guys had fun as much as we did you can always check our profile out on linkedin twitter instagram facebook and spotify we are called backstory productions uh, thank you so much <laughs> this is your host ashish signing off and this is the co-host saivi signing off <laughs>